Welcome to Harmonica Studio Podcast. Today, my guest is fantastic jazz chromatic harmonica player, Tom Striker. Tom is from California. He's a hip-hop endorser and a former president of SPA Society. Society for the Presidential Hello, this is Ivonik. Welcome to Harmonica Studio. My guest today is the fantastic jazz chromatic harmonica player Tom Stryker. Tom is from California. He is a hip-hop harmonica endorser and a former president of SPA, the Society for the Preservation and Advancement of the Harmonica. Without waiting any longer, here is my conversation with Tom Stryker. Well, you know, I come from a, a poor Italian family in San Francisco. And we lived in a little place called Visitation Valley. And for Christmas one year, we got a chromatic harmonica as a present for me and three of my cousins. I was 15 years old. That was the beginning. And we quickly looked for a teacher, and we happened to find uh, the Borominovich harmonica rascal Ray Tankersley. And he lived in Daly City, which is right adjacent to San Francisco. So we contacted him and started taking lessons. So did you start it on the chromatic harmonica first or the diatonic? I started on a 16-hole chromatic. On 16-hole? That's uh, it's tough, no? Start with... Uh, and it, was it a, a honor? 280? Yes, at that time, right. At that time, the 280 was the only thing that was available. But, you know, as a kid of 15 years old, you didn't think about what was tough. You thought about yeah. what you wanted to do. Yeah, that's true. Wow, and then you you kept uh, studying with him for a few years? Well, no, there was a cessation. Uh, we had lessons with him for about six months, and he was going to uh, Berkeley, and he became an educator, and he moved out of town. So from 15, or from 16 on, uh, I just kept the harmonica and played with it from time to time. But in 19... 63, I moved about 50 miles south of San Francisco to a town called San Jose. And uh, my cousin was going to college, a Foothill College at that time. And he said, you know, Tom, I know this musician up at Foothill College. He plays a harmonica and he really plays the flight of the bumblebee really good. And I says, really? And I says, well, I'd, I'd, I'd sure like to meet him. And I says, what's his name? And he says, well, his name is Ray Tankersley. Uh-huh. So I met my I met I met my uh, teacher again. So I called him and uh, I wanted to have lessons, and he says, "Well, I don't give lessons anymore." So I begged him for about six months, and he finally said, "Okay." He says, "Here's the rules: you got to pay me, and you have to be on time, and if you don't practice, you're done." <laughs> Oh, and uh, I said, okay. Tough. Yeah, he was tough. And I, I guess uh, you learned with him the, the basics, how to draw on uh, one hole at a time, how to breathe properly. And yes. Music education. Yes, that was all at, that was all at the beginning, uh, you know, when I was 15. And, you know, by the time I left him, I was already playing octaves and I was already tongue blocking. So that wasn't too much of a problem. But what I told him this time, I said, uh, what I want to do is I want to learn to read music and I want to concentrate on that. 
And so it was that time that we began to concentrate on music theory and reading music on the harmonica. And we spent probably, I would say, two years together. And he said to me, he says, I can't teach you anymore. Mm. He says, it's, it's now up to you. If you want to learn, you got to go out and do it. So uh, that, was, that was the beginning. But, uh, you know, shortly thereafter, I got a call from him. And he said, listen, we're putting a, a, an eight-piece harmonica group together. And we'd like you to be one of the chromatics. And we have some very, very great people. We have Ray Tankersley. We have Bob Berthume, who was a former Borominovich harmonica rascal. We have Jimmy Cruiser, who at 12 years old was a whiz. Uh, we have uh, Ed Marshall, who was a Phi Beta Kappa out of Berkeley playing bass. We have Al Smith, who was a former Borominovich harmonica rascal. We have um, Pete, uh, let's see, I forget Pete's last name for the moment, but Pete uh, was a former uh, harmonica great from the Chicago days with Pete Peterson and Jerry Murad. And uh, I said, okay, you know, I was, I was the low man on the totem pole, but uh, he says, we're going to, oh, and we had Chuck Fendel who was from the Northwest and he was the closest thing to Toots Thielman that you'd ever heard in your life. Wow. Uh, an amazing musician who, who was uh, played all instruments. And uh, it was, it was a wonderful experience because I and uh, surrounded by all these great people, and I was low man, which is what we all wish for all the time, anyway. Well, yeah, you you are surrounded by the the cream of the cream, the best uh, harmonica players uh, at that time uh, in the West Coast. Yes, and uh, and we called ourselves the Sharp Harp, and mm. uh, we did, uh, which later grew into many many other things with Hollywood composers and things we did together. But it was a wonderful learning experience. Well, and there were uh, chromatic harmonica players and also diatonic harmonica players. Tremolo. No diatonic, no, no, no tremolo. No. So it was chromatics, polyphonia, bass and chord. All right, yeah. Well, uh, is, is there um, somewhere we can uh, listen to uh, your this group? Oh, sure. If you if you go to YouTube and you put in sharp harp harmonica, okay. you'll you'll see variations of that group all over the place. And uh, yes, and, and we were fortunate enough, uh, you know, in my business, uh, one of the things I did was I traveled the world. And uh, so wherever I'd go, I would take a harmonica. Well, when I'd go to certain places, I would meet certain people. And when I went to L.A., I met uh, a man named Joe Mullendor. And Joe Mullendor uh, was the leader and the arranger and the composer for the Capybara Harmonica Ensemble. And he had moved to Hollywood and became a uh, Hollywood composer for movies. And so uh, I got to meet him and convinced him after another year of time to write some arrangements for the Sharp Harp. And he did a series of six uh, songs for us. Uh, and I believe all except one were originals. And it's beautiful music. And we've played them at spa at times. It's very modern stuff. Wow. Such a fortunate uh, opportunity. And uh, do you still perform with uh, members of, of the the band? Or well, we continued through the years, but now all of them have passed away. Uh, the only one remaining out, or two are remaining out of the group, uh, which is Al Smith and Jimmy Cruiser. But in between there, uh, Al Smith, uh, Ed Marshall, uh, and myself, 
uh, decided that we wanted a different group because we wanted to play more music. So we wanted an additional group. And uh, Dave Doucette was also part of the Sharp Harp. That's another famous harmonica player from the Rascal Days. And Dave Doucette joined us. So we had a quartet we called the Harmonica Express. And Harmonica Express, of course, was very, very modern. And uh, even to this day, it's modern. The music we played was very, very 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 different not not traditional harmonica music we were playing pop stuff so we continued with that group while we were doing uh, the sharp harp you were on the 16 hole during the whole time uh, yes yes i never i never changed and uh, how did you start playing jazz on a harmonica and it seems that you have been uh, spending uh, a lot of time uh, transcribing and learning uh, from the Uh, the jazz masters. Uh, well, you know, you're you're right. I mean, my journey with jazz started out. Well, while I was with with the sharp harp, I got a call from Jojo DeFulvio. Jojo DeFulvio was a business manager and the bass player for the Johnny Paleo Harmonica Gang, and they needed a sub, so they wanted to know if I would come and play with the Harmonica Gang, and I said yes. So I went with that group, and while I was with that group, I met Carl Ford, which you may know as Carl Playford, who was an excellent jazz player, and Bob Herndon, who played uh, the harmonetta. And we would sit in the room and just fool around and have fun. Well, when I got back after playing with Johnny, uh, one of the members of the Harmonica Express, who was Bob McFarlane, you probably know him by his beautiful tone, uh, after one of our rehearsals said, come with me. This was on a Friday night. I want to take you somewhere. So he took me to a lounge in, uh, in San Jose where there was a guy playing jazz organ drummer and a guy playing clarinet. And I was just, I said, man, that's beautiful. And then he says, well, watch this. And he went up and he played with them. Well, once he went up and played with them, I was hooked. Mm. So the journey from jazz began there. And uh, from, from that point forward, I just loved jazz and I wanted to play with other groups. I wanted to play with a lot of non-harmonica groups. Yes. I wanted to learn the way of a professional musician. Do you take lessons with anyone? Well, lessons were hard to get. I did take uh, one lesson at, at uh, City College, uh, which was jazz improvisation, but it lasted one semester. And because of the numbers of people that attended and the various skill levels it was nothing more than an, an introductory course mm. uh the main thing that really helped me uh and we didn't have jam sessions uh in the city at that time was to go to the various nightclubs and ask if i could sit in and uh yeah. i remember one night i was sitting in at a jazz club and uh, a favorite piano player of mine asked me up to play a song and i played a song and he says Okay, he says, now I want you to improvise. And I just looked at him like, are you crazy? And he says, what's the matter? Are you chicken? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and, and that was a challenge. And I, don't, yeah. I respond to challenges. So I, I began there. Um, and it just, uh, you know, it just evolved. The, the unfortunate part is, although I have a music education through Ray Tankersley and a little bit in the college, I don't have the formal uh, education like you would get at Berkeley uh, and, and, and the rest of the music colleges. So 
uh, I had to find my way in jazz uh, in a different way. I didn't. I don't play scalar jazz. Uh, I play. I play what I hear. I play the mm. chords, okay. and I had to develop that. And it took a lot, a lot of practice, and a lot of band in the box, and a lot of playing with other players, and yeah, uh, you know, like and a, a lot of embarrassment. And, yeah, <laughs> but it sounds like uh, Mauricio and Horn also plays uh, mostly by ear. Often, uh, often I, I hear, you know, I hear the great players. I hear the, like William Gallison. I love what he does. Yeah. I love what Mike Turk does. I mean, these are, uh, you know, Laurent Moore. Uh, more, yeah. Antonio Serrano, yes, mm. they, 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 they play very sophisticated lines. And, and you know, it, it's, it's difficult for me. I, what I've really boiled it down to, it's not so much my technical ability, because my technical ability is good. It's what's in my head. Mm. <laughs> you know, if you think, you, you, you know, I often wonder, how do they think these beautiful lines? talk about the your, the band harmonica aces because i mm -hmm. saw that uh, you were performing uh, on the cruise lines at some point in your career yes well uh, i was i was here in reno where i live now i live in reno nevada and my wife got a call from uh, danny wilson and uh, it seemed that their lead player uh had gotten ill and he wasn't able to play And uh, I knew Danny Wilson from a lot of years, but of course we never played together. And he had a chord player named Michael Burton, uh, who, who I knew vaguely, but is really a great player. And they called and said, would I like to sub for them, for this man on the Holland America Cruises? And I said, sure, I would. So uh, I went on to do about four cruises wow. with them on Holland America. We did all South of America, uh, all Mexico, uh, Central America, South America. And uh, it, it was really an interesting thing because they said, I said, well, send me some music because I, I read quite well. So, I said, you know, let me know what you're playing. Mm. Well, uh, we only have one piece of music we can send you right now. And, and I never got it. So I, I flew into Los Angeles and I met them at their house. And uh, I said, well, okay, uh, what do we play? Well, let's let's start here and we'll just try these different things. And I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, they said, we forgot to tell you something else. And I says, what's that? Well, we're not leaders. When we do a show, we don't talk on the show. You have to do that. You have to front the group. Mm, wow. Yeah. And here we are. We're two days away from a, two days away from a cruise. I got to learn all the music and I got to front the group. A big challenge, big challenge. But, uh, you know, and we were in the main room. 
the main room uh, holds 500 people. And so, you know, and we had to do, we had to do a 45 minute show every day. So I'm telling you, I struggled. I was, it was a very, very difficult struggle, but we got by it. But an interesting thing there, they said to me, they said, you know, um, do you know the Stag McMahon trio? And, uh, do you know them by the way? Mm, no. Well, the Stag McMahon trio was, was one of the greatest jazz trios in, in America. Uh, it was, uh, Pud McCaskey, Stag Stagger, Walt, and, and, uh, Manny, uh, Manny Lipkin. So I, I, he says, we play some of these songs and they're all Tony Luisi arrangements. And I've heard of Tony Luisi before. Unknowingly, I'd recorded some of his music on, on albums, but I, di I didn't know that. Uh, he was uh, the arranger composer for a lot of famous musicians. But at 14, he was writing all of the jazz arrangements for the Stag McMahon Trio, who were on all the major TV shows. So I said, well, that would be fun. And so they said, well, we have a piece of music here. So they gave me a piece of music that they had from the Stagger Grand Trio. I learned that. And it was really, really great. And we, you know, we played that every night. And Tony had a, Tony Luisi was a very interesting man in that up until he was 10 years old, he was a great trumpet player. Then he got polio. And in those days, they would put them in an iron lung, which was a big device that encased your whole body yeah, uh, uh, to, to make him better. So when he got out, his right hand was atrophied uh, and he, he couldn't walk very well. So he decided to take up piano. So like I said, at 14, he was writing for this group. So uh, he would go into the studios and he would go to record a song and they'd laugh at him because he limped and his hand was very bad, but then he'd get up and play the piano and they would all bow down to him. So I said to these guys, uh, I said to this group, to uh, uh, the harmonic aces, I said, well, we need to find this man and we need to make a CD with him. And they said, well, no, we don't have the time for that. So we're not interested in that. And I said, well, okay, I will do that. And uh, then began a one year long search uh, to find Tony Luisi, and then another year to convince him to write for me uh, to produce the, the CD that I put out there. So that, that whole trip, and then Holland America, I got mm. to take my wife on the cruises. We got to go into very famous places and, uh, and play a lot of music. It was great. And what was the instrumentation in the band? Bass, chord, chromatic. And, and then only, for the only opening number, they had I had to, only harmonicas, except yeah. only for the opening number, mm. when we would come on stage, we had the orchestra behind us. Wow. I don't know if there they was a um, harmonica players uh, performing right now on cruise ships. Well, you know, harmonica uh, ensembles are quite popular right now on the Asian cruises. Mm. And, and, and the Asian players are on the cruises quite a bit, but they've taken the harmonica to a new higher level with a lot of, uh, a lot of very, very uh, sharp costuming, uh, sharp movements, uh, different effects in the background, you know, exploding mm. this, exploding that. Yeah, they've taken a, it to a, a level. Real show, yeah. Yes. Yeah, with yes. dancing, and no maybe singing, and uh, yes everything it's no longer 
it's no longer the the Jerry Murad type of show. Well, the the only disappointing thing to me right now is is that there is no integration of other harmonicas into, uh, for example, um, other musical groups. It's either a harmonica soloist or it's a harmonica ensemble. And and uh, and and we don't hear the big band harmonica anymore, which is the reason mm-hmm. that I brought that to Spa. You know, you just don't you don't hear that that it's very capable of doing that sound. So in that way, it's disappointing. But it's absolutely amazing to see talents such as yours come along and take the chromatic and do the things that you're doing with them. I mean, that that is marvelous. This is unheard of of what is being done today and harmonically uh, that you are approaching all of the music that you're playing. to uh, NAM uh, this uh, past January and uh, how did was it the first time you went uh... no it was my second time I went I went for e-stop uh, two years ago and then of course I went again and I'll be going again this year if it's happening when did you uh, started working with uh, e-stop uh, I'm now on my second year <clears throat> And uh, I'm working as an endorsee consultant. I'm doing a, a number of different things for them. Which uh, model are you playing from them? Well, actually, I'm playing a lot of different models. Oh. I'm uh, I'm doing a lot of the work on the prototypes, and uh, and so actually on the job, I, I play their their metal uh, combs. I play their ABS combs. I try their different variations of of the harmonicas and trying to get the you know the the various problems out of the way. So it's, uh, but it's all 16 hole is what I'm playing. I, I do play the 12 hole because the 12 hole is, I need to review that for them also. Hmm. Okay. So they will have new models coming up, uh, with your, uh, uh your own, uh, personal, uh, advice and touch. Um, I think they're, they're probably going to be really good. Uh, well, the one coming, yeah. All I can tell you is is that uh, Eastop is a very progressive company. Uh, you know, in, in my business, telling you that I traveled the world, ten uh, years of my travels was in China too, mm. and I worked I worked a lot with the Chinese, and I understood the culture and what products they were producing. Uh, but that was the the different set. Now that I'm working in there, I'm working with a younger set of people. Like the owner of Eastop is in his 40s. And uh, they have, they are very, very, very interested in producing a very, very high quality product, but also interested in keeping it uh, in an affordable range. Mm. So 
uh, my work with them has been very gratifying because, you know, let's face it, uh, in a couple of weeks I'll be 80 years old. And who wants to listen to an 80-year-old man tell them about the instrument? They do. They want my experience. It's great to have like a company that uh, listen to you and listen to the the great players like yourself. And, yes. Uh, you know, so you can really have an in, impact in, uh, in making the instrument better. And, and, and that's what's happening. They're, they're, I find them very quick to respond. I have people like uh, Chris Bauer on as an endorsee and we're as a consultant. And we're all working together, giving, giving them a, a, a lot, mm. a lot to work on all the time. But we see the improvements and they bring the harmonicas back to us quickly. And we keep moving better and better and better. So uh, we've got some new models that we'll be debuting at NAM, uh, both in the in the diatonic and on the chromatic side, that are that I think are very very good harmonicas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a particular guy. For example, uh, I've got a couple of potential endorsees that I'm working for now, and they're providing with me with harmonicas for these people because. These particular people are high level and they need a special tuning or something in okay. it. Mm -hmm. I won't let them send them to them directly. I ask that they send it to me first mm -hmm. so I can test it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't meet my standard, then I send it back to them and say, we have to redo this before we mm -hmm. can send it out. Yes. So bottom line is I am hopeful that we will have a very high quality product uh, to equal anything that is on the market today or excel them. At it, uh, over anything that is on the market today. Yes, no, that's, that's, that's really good. And uh, uh, following on, on this, I wanted to ask you, what is your setup for your gigs? Because uh, I saw that on Facebook that you are playing, uh, you have a weekly uh, engagement. Well, I do a number of things. I play with orchestras. I do, I do classical music with Jai He, mm. with orchestras. Yes. I do pop music with pops orchestras. Uh, I, I do, I'm, I'm with a seven piece group, uh, that we're playing very modern stuff. And then I'm with, uh, a four piece jazz group. Uh, my, my, my setup is very simple. I have a digital mixer and, uh, and I do this. I have all kinds of these. Mm, that's uh, the XR. Yes. For the so you plug that on your microphone, and on my microphone, and then you can go wireless. You plug and then I go out of yes, right. Then I go out of and I and I use one of Greg Human's microphones, an SM58 that's modified with the, the volume control, which I love. Greg is Greg's a marvelous technician. He, he builds a quality product. Then I come out of my mixer wirelessly. I go into the PSA the the, the PA system wirelessly. My keyboard guy, he, he uses two keyboards, so I've got him wireless out of his top keyboard, wireless out of his bottom keyboard, wireless into his mixer, wireless into the system. So we, we are almost totally wireless right wow. now, uh, except, uh, and even... You're not afraid to go out of battery, you know? It never happened during a gig? <laughs> it does, has not. Uh -huh. I've gone, you know, our gigs are three hours, right? Yeah. Okay, so... I've never had a failure on battery. Okay. And uh, uh, and I've been in touch with the people who make these in China just to, 
to, to satisfy me, but uh, no. And I've run them as long as five hours. Five so, hours, yeah, it's a good time. So that so that runs really, really that works really, really well for me. I I am in love with the wireless. The, the latency you can't hear any latency on them. No. And uh, and you don't hear any quality difference. Uh, you're just transmitting a signal, mm. and it uh, and it's work. Once in a while. You'll get uh, you'll get some interruption depending upon where you're at, but remembering that uh, on the X Vive you have six channels to work with, so you just switch the channel and you're you're away from the mm. interruption that might be there. Yeah, I feel that sometimes uh, the volume uh, is a little bit low. You have to uh, pump it up you know, on the uh, on the mixer. You you have to uh, mm -hmm. put more gain, uh, or also on the microphone on the volume control. What works for me is getting is getting the right amount of gain on the mixer on the yes. input side, mm. and then controlling the rest, uh, and and also getting it right on the slider, and then controlling the rest with the volume control on Greg's mic. So whenever I have uh, something that's a little bit too low, I can just reach down on my mic and just turn. Do you have one of his mics? Uh, I one have um, um, the Fireball. Okay. It's, it's very uh, comparable. Uh, it's a little bit. Uh, what I like about the Fireball is, is that it's a little bit lighter. I feel. Well, what I like is so. So I have his mic in my hand, an SM58, a short one, mm. and if I have a low passage, I can just reach down mm. and turn my volume up right on the mic. So that works. That works really well for me. The other thing that I keep on, I keep a music stand up there for me, because I do a lot of jam sessions. Yeah. And uh, you never know what songs going to come up in a jam session, and you can't know them all. So I have my iPad there all the time, and and I have iGigBook with about probably thirty thirty different fake books in there. And I, you know, somebody calls a song, I just call it up, and if I if I don't know it, uh, then I read it. Uh, uh, improvising over it's never a problem. Uh, that works really really well. Uh, so you read music, you read chords and. Uh... I thought you were, you were saying that you were playing everything by uh, ear earlier. Well, there's 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 a trade-off, you know. Um, one, if I'm if I'm looking at a piece of sheet music, it has a couple of things on it. It has it has the notation, and it also has the chord single symbols. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to do a solo, uh, I'm usually taking a look at the first chord. I'm going to say, well, the song doesn't begin on the third. I'm going to begin on the third. You know, and and I just take off from there. After that, the music. You know, I don't I don't look at the music anymore. Having the music in front of me is more for the most notation than it is for the for the chords or the progression. Uh, that's for the melody. So you're you're reading yes. the melody, and then after you you go through it uh, by just uh, using your your ear. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To to me, what is what is really what has really helped me a lot is 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 to learning the form. And the, you know the different forms A B A A A B A, and I got to tell you, there aren't many songs that the form differs on, and you and you pretty well know where you're going all the time. It's just the key you're dealing with. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. If you were dealing with a, a A B A song form, there are countless uh, standards written yes. on, on this form. And uh, and uh, what's your favorite uh, jazz standard to play? Well, I, there, there's, there's, you know, what, what, what day is today? <laughs> you know, every, every day you have yes. a different one. 
today, uh, today it would be uh, it could happen to you, um, which has a very very nice um, uh, jazz part that was written by one of the guys I forget that they call fried bananas that goes over the yeah. top of it. Uh, Dexter. That, yeah. Very, very nice, you know. Mm. So, Next so uh, I didn't find out that it was it could happen to you until I started fooling around with it. Mm. Uh, another one that's my favorite is uh, the Days of Wine and Roses. Yes, yeah. I like that a lot. Then another one is. Um, uh, do, do you do the? Uh, do you change key on on the bridge, on on the second? Yeah, part? as, yeah. as I, long as the musicians are able to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes the musicians can't, mm. but I do. I do go. It. I do the Bill Evans. Yeah. Mm. Then another one that I really, really like is called On a Misty Night. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. On the Tad Misty. Dameron. Yeah. Beautiful song. So those are, you know, those are on my list today. Some the same chord changes uh, as uh, September in the rain, I think so. On which one? Uh, on, on the Misty on Night. On the Misty Night? Yeah. And, and oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I'll I think have I'm to most, check that out. Uh, on the bridge, it's a little bit different, I think. It goes to more yes. like a uh, chromatic uh, two five ones on yes uh, on Misty Night. Yes. yes. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, excellent. excellent. So so and, and and I like you know I, I like I love playing in different keys. Uh, probably my my favorite D flat. E flat. D flat. Yeah, E as an echo. Mm. E is an echo. Wow. And B is in boy. Those are those are probably my two favorite keys, and wow. I, and I hate I I hate I hate A, I hate B, and I hate E. <laughs> have a practice routine these days uh not 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 a, a routine i do play every day and uh you know i, I practice one of, one of the things that uh that i'm working really hard on right now is my throat vibrato because when you're younger your muscles are more in tone as you get older uh and i can only uh exemplify that by if you hear a, a good singer in her youth and you hear her now when she's 70, there's a big difference in her vibrato. And I think that's got to do with the muscles in your throat and, and perhaps your diaphragm. And so you have to constantly work on that to keep it, at least I do, to keep it in any kind of shape. So I practice a lot on that. I might spend 15 minutes just on vibrato, on blow vibrato, draw vibrato. And uh, th that's important to me. 
And is it uh, the vibrato used by the blues harmonica players uh, saying oh, 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 breathing in? Well, not as, not as heavy as the, you know, if you listen to my music, I don't play as, as, as pro profound or as uh, pronounced as, as the diatonic players play. And your best vibrato comes out of your diaphragm and your chest. You bring it up through your throat. So it's throat vibrato, but enhanced by your diaphragm. Uh, so, and, and I also find that when I'm playing, um, on the jazz job, I'm working close. I'm working with much lower, I'm, I'm blowing much lower into the harp, easier into the harmonica through the mixer and through the microphone. Therefore, I don't have to use as pronounced of a vibrato. I can use a softer vibrato. Do, do you mind just sh showing us, uh, how it sounds on, on the harmonica? Um, if you have a, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in a I'll put it in a song, contents of a song so you can hear it better. Uh, tell me if you can hear this. Ah, yes, yes. And you'll get the fair. idea ah, excellent yeah it's 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 not a uh, very uh, it's not strong no? it's subtle and, and you notice if you listen you notice that i was i was picking my my c's as i was playing that song mm. i was drawing on my c's i wasn't blowing on my c's you could huh? you could have chosen the the five blow and that's uh, what make uh, you a unique player and what that's what makes your sound That's all these uh, little uh, many choices that uh, we have to uh, make on the on the mm -hmm. moment when we are improvising. Mm -hmm. That will uh, really uh, uh, make the difference between somebody uh, like yourself and two Stillmans. Yeah, I, the, the the longer the longer you play and the more people you are around and the more jazz that you listen to, the I mean, this is what makes you. This is what forms your your sound. Well, you know, this, this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. Um, you know, it, it, it really is. And, and to bring people like, uh, like Laurent Moore and Mauricio in, into, into the picture, my God, this is wonderful. Thanks again for listening to Harmonica Studio Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and visit our website, evoniqueprenet.harmonicastudio.com. If you are interested in learning the chromatic harmonica, you will find hundreds of video lessons, articles, jazz, improv tips, and a lot more. Keep practicing, and I'll be back for a new episode soon. Bye-bye.